0: It's up the 60s and 70s. iRadio
1: 76, CKIW. Have I been out of the on the fire? CKIW, iRadio 76 proudly presents The 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? Now, this is a little bit different. This is something that we've been looking forward to for, oh, a couple of months now. It's only because, yes, we are the authority of drag racing, and yes, we do everything about the uh, quarter mile and eighth mile around here. But sometimes we step out a little bit uh, on the 515 show. And do something slightly different besides having, you know, the fine friends from Burlers on at one time and the Pie Place the other time. This place is somewhere that we could just hang out forever. If you've ever been inside of the CKIWI Radio 76 studios, you know that we have one whole wall of classic uh, video, uh, video, a game, video gaming on one wall. And then in the lobby, we have our fine Xbox. And we stumbled upon this one place in, in uh, right off of Gratiot and Ten Mile, and, and it was <laughs> we didn't want to leave. You know, we, so now we decided we we're going to bring in our fine friends from uh, the Reboot Repair South because North was busy. <laughs> we're bringing them in. Hi guys, how are you?
2: Good. How are you? Pretty good.
1: All right. So now this is what's happening today, fine listeners, is that we have. Uh, Not one, not two, but I do believe three folks on the other side?
2: Uh, Two right now. One is busy with a customer currently, but he'll be joining us in a bit.
1: Okay, so introduce yourselves to the worldwide audience, if you'd please. Uh, My name is Jacob. I'm the owner of Reboot
3: Repair. And I'm Ryan. I'm one of the technicians that work in the back here.
1: All right, so missing in action right now is uh, not Slim, but Chubb.
2: Yes, <laughs> Chubb. Yes. You know, Mr. Chubb is uh he's he's a technician and a uh front uh customer service rep. Is
1: is it plural or is it a singular?
2: It's his nickname. Uh his name is Chris, but he's always been known as <laughs> Chubbs ever since he was a little kid.
1: Okay, I mean is it Chubb's or Chubb? Chubb's. Okay. H-U-B-S. There you go. So it's a plural, but a hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Talking about yeah. nice guys, that's why you guys are here today. It, it is an amazing thing, as we said in the run-up, that over here at CK, we have nothing but uh, classic. You know, we think that we're the shizzle because we have so many of the councils here. And and we know that there's <laughs> probably collectors that have everything of Everything. I mean, have you guys ever seen somebody that had like the full collection from day one?
2: Uh pretty close. There is a customer that comes in here. He has a lot, um, a lot of rare stuff too. A lot of oddball stuff. A lot of rare stuff. Like, a, um, what's that one? It's a Fairchild
3: Channel F. Yeah. Fair Channel, F. Fairchild. F. Channel F. Yeah. FM
2: Towns Marty. An FM Towns Marty. Uh, you know, even, ja- like, going into Japanese systems, like a Sharp 80, uh, X86, or X68000? Yeah. Yes. Um, there was, like, there, I guess during the boom of, you know, the 90s, like, everybody and their brother tried competing and making systems, and, uh, especially in Japan, because, you know, video games are basically culture there. Um, there's a lot of... You know, very obscure, oddball systems that exist.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were looking at some of the stuff too. I mean, the Fairchild F. I, if if you go on the collector side, I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. I mean, we got them just because we thought they were cool. But you see the the channel F and the monitor that goes the wrong way or the correct way. I guess nowadays it would be, you know, and you just think. Look at how much fun that was with the people. Uh, the people that bring out the TI 99 As, you know. Look what it can do. It can balance your checkbook, and you can play Space Invaders. I mean, how
2: awesome is that? And and <laughs> probably and probably Doom as well. They can pretty much basically put the game Doom on anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, we're looking at. We have one Survivor box. Uh, from our beloved in television, and it has the whole suburban family all surrounding it, and they have their open palms on their cheeks, like you know, like Home Alone movies. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, look at this. <laughs> I mean, was Jake was that even eight bit? Uh, no, I mean Nintendo
2: and like uh, Sega Master System, I'd say were the first eight bit uh, you know system. Um, I don't even know if there's a bit that even counts for what those were. Um,
1: <laughs> no bit, know,
2: it was like Pong and you know Atari and things of that nature. I don't think it was really measured in bits at that point.
3: <laughs> I, know, I know that when they did have the Atari, like uh, the twenty six hundred was based off of the processor speed, and the fifty two hundred was yep. processed, and the same with the 7800. eight yep. hundred. Um, but as far as the old stuff, who knows? Yeah, I mean, really,
1: that's we were taking a look, because we have a kind of functioning um, Magnavox that you had to put the overlays on the TV, and that's how you changed your games. The games look like like little combs, actually, and I put that up, and, and they had like a rotary... I see one. Yeah, it, it's it's in our center, and it's in our center square, if we were Hollywood Squares right now. I'm not sure it actually works, but it looks cool as hell. You know, but, but then again, you take a look, once you took the step up, I mean, we still have the original uh, Sunnyvale Heavy Sixers sitting right here with all of its proud woodgreen looking right at you. you know? yeah. But I mean, we should probably go backward a little bit and, and say, okay, starting with uh, Jake, you first uh, and then Ryan, how did you guys get into it? What was your first game? What was your first council? Well, I'm
2: 43. My first experience with video games was uh, my friend uh, had an Atari. Um, funny enough story. So I was five years old, 1985. And um, I told my mom, I'm like, I got to have an Atari. Well, she went to Kmart, uh, how, back, how far back this goes, um, <laughs> to give me an Atari. And when she walked in to give me an Atari, she saw the Nintendo. So the Nintendo had just dropped. Um, in America at that point. Um, so she bought me a Nintendo instead. And, you know, it was the whole shebang back then. It was, you know, uh, Rob the Robot. Um, you know, the game wow. didn't even come, uh, the system didn't even come with Super Mario. Super Mario didn't even come out till that following Christmas. It was uh Duck Hunt, wasn't it? Duck Hunt uh, Rob the Robot, the system, and the gun.
1: Black
2: Man. Yeah, there was some black box games like baseball, um, you know, Hogan's Alley, uh, Wild Gunman, you know, things of that nature. But yeah, that was uh, I had the original Nintendo back in 1985, and uh, that was really my first, you know, my well, my first love of video games.
1: <laughs> well, if your mom got you the one with the robot, I mean, wasn't that like the Uber Deluxe set?
2: That's all they had then at the time. Really? Um, yeah. So when it first dropped in America, it was the it was the deluxe set, and it again it just had it had the system, two controllers, Rob the robot, Duck Hunt, and Gyromite.
1: Wow! Because I'm trying to think what the robot did. I mean, it actually not much. <laughs> 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 it
2: was it was a struggle using Rob. <laughs> I mean, struggle using them today. So, yeah. Hey,
3: come on.
1: Yeah, wasn't it called the R-O-B with the dots in between all the letters? Didn't it stand for yeah, something?
3: Robotic Operating Buddy, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think the
0: best thing he'd be used for nowadays is displaying business cards or something like that, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, looks, he looks really cool on the shelf, for sure.
1: I mean, but what was it supposed to do?
2: So he, he would actually interact with the game. So with GyroMite, um, gyro, so with Rob the Robot, he would have these little uh, gyros that he could pick up. Um, and placed down. So in front of him, there was a NES controller inside of this module that had a blue button and a red button. So when you're playing Gyromite on the screen, and you would run up to a pillar that was either red or blue, Rob would turn around, grab the gyro, and press it down on the corresponding button of the uh, pillar that you had to get past.
1: We. <laughs> It was a simpler time, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. So I mean, there's not a lot of Rob games. I mean, there was Jaromite and what Stack, stack Up. I the think that was the, there's two there's two total games that that was ever made for Rob to do. Jaromite and Stack Up.
1: I mean, but how did it work? Did it work off the TV like the early shooting yeah. games did with the Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Info, Info- Red. Yeah. yeah. He had he had glass eyes, so uh, you know, the be like the light would come out of his eyes and he could somehow see it and then, you know, do what needed to be done because the screen would flash in Gyromite. So the screen would flash and it would admit the light beam to tell him what he needed to do and then he would very slowly <laughs> do what you needed him to
1: do. <laughs> yeah, but do you bring everybody over? I mean, did you say, look at this, look at this, you got to see this thing, see how this thing works? Woo! Oh, I was the coolest dude on the block
2: back then. When I was <laughs> I, every, every everybody and their brother was at my house playing Nintendo 100. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, but did that put pressure on you? I mean, it's like, okay, we're tired with Rob. What else you got?
2: Yeah. So at that point, like I said, like uh, Ryan mentioned, there was only really like what's what's considered the black box series, which is. So, um. I mean, there's a there's like baseball, tennis, volleyball, ten fights which was football. Yeah. uh, Wild Gunman, Hogan's Alley. Oh, Hogan's Alley. Um, What else was there? I think I'm hearing Chubb in the background, Uh, are we? Say that again?
1: Are we hearing Chubbs in the background now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Chubbs
2: has currently joined us. (laughs) How's it going, sir?
1: There you go. Hi, Chubbs.
0: All right. What's going on, man, I had to take care of a a customer, uh, couple customers, you know.
1: Because there's many customers, that go to the reboot repair center south, not the north one. Forget about those people. <laughs> go to the south one. Good. All
2: that's right. A, that's a sad story, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was trying to get around it. That's why I was hyping up the south. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay.
1: You know, but really, okay, so we got that part. Ryan, how did you get into this?
3: Um So, basically, uh, when I was three years old... Three. uh, Yeah, believe it. Um, My mom and my dad at the time thought it would be a great idea to uh, ride around uh, on, like, one of those old uh, Tour de France bicycles, right? And it had, like, a child seat in the back. (laughs) Obviously, these things things have been outlawed ever since, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, So now... This was probably around 1990, because I'm 36. So, uh-huh. anyways, they were going down a curb, and uh, <laughs> I guess the wheel caught or whatever, and I went flying out the thing and hit my head. So, this is the roundabout way saying that I ended up in the hospital with yeah. nothing to do. And the nurse came, and my dad asked the nurse, well, hey, is there anything he can do? He's got to stay overnight, but, you know, there's not, you know. And the nurse was, we have Nintendo, but that's more for adults. And basically, uh, my dad forced her to bring it out and picked it up at the age of three with a slight head concussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: oh, we, we do not mean to laugh about your misfortune, but first of all...
3: Oh, hey! <laughs> it, I'm, I'm doing good now, so... <laughs> Maybe it knocked the screw back in. I have no idea. <laughs> <sighs> but for,
1: so much to unpack there. What the hell are your parents on this bicycle towing around a kid? You know, <laughs> they got curbed. Yeah. I mean, hey. good Lord, thank God they didn't come to an intersection with cars. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you, you got, you know, some video game out of the deal. That That's wild that a hospital was that far thinking that they would have a video game.
2: Yeah. Actually, lots of hospitals back then had, um, there's like kiosks that were built for hospitals uh, for like the uh, Nintendo and the Nintendo, oh, I mean, the Nintendo was basically kind of like on one of those carts that, you know, remember like when you were in school, what the projector would be on? Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of basically with the, or with the, I'm sorry, not the projector, the TV with the VCR. So it was basically a cart with the, you know, the TV and the VCR, but instead of the VCR, it had Nintendo. Um, but later on, Nintendo actually created uh, kiosks for hospitals, uh, for like the Nintendo sixty four and the GameCube that um, they could actually, you know, have it. And it was made, you know, obviously would like covered with like germ free plastic. Um, but yeah, they made kiosks that were in hospitals for kids to be able to play while they're in the hospital. Would these been the same kiosks that you would have found in like McDonald's back in the day too? No, the different than the day? McDonald's ones, but similar. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: McDonald's had kiosks with Nintendo. Yeah, GameCube and
2: 64. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, Nintendo 64. Uh, there's, there's honestly, there's a huge collector's market for gaming kiosks. Really? Of like old ones? Yeah. Like upper upper end collecting um, is you know that's kind of where it's turned to um, people that got tired of collecting games. Kind of moved on to doing like kiosks, and I mean the the cheapest kiosk is generally you know fifteen hundred dollars. So they go up. Whoa! You know, I've seen I've seen kiosks sell for twenty thousand dollars before.
1: I mean, are these like the displays that they had at, at uh, I don't know, like Best Buy's or something at the time, where you yeah. just walked yep. up?
2: Best Buy displays, Target displays, uh, you know, McDonald's displays. Um, you know, going, going way back, Kmart displays, uh, we've had a couple in here before that I've sold. Uh, like we had a, we had a PlayStation one kiosk that was uh, built around Pepsi and wow. it had like, uh, it had like Pepsi insignias all over it. And, uh, it, it, it was really cool though, you know, and it was, it, it was, you know, they're built really well and they're set up nice where, you know, the systems are obviously enclosed, so, you know, people can't steal them, um. You know, with controllers that are, you know, connected. Hardwired. On. Hardwired in, yes. Um, even systems nowadays that have wireless controllers, the controllers are still hardwired in, so people wouldn't steal the controllers.
1: <laughs> you know, Chubbs, we'd we'll be able to have you step up too. I mean, where did you come in at all this?
2: So that's going to have to wait
1: about 30 seconds because Chubbs had to help a customer. Oh, all right. So I'm, so I'm ta- sorry about that. So we'll go to the left hander. Okay. So yeah. now it, the funny thing is that I remember that Sears had them a lot too, but Sears punked yeah. out. And it's like, should we put the Atari name on there? No. Let's put our own name on there. Nobody will know the difference. Yeah, so
2: basically back in those days of the 80s with the Atari, it was like, it was Wild basically, West. yeah, was, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It was the video game Wild West. So, you know, there was non-licensed games, non-licensed systems. Um, no quality assurance. No quality assurance whatsoever, yeah. Non-licensed was, uh,
1: systems? Like who? Yeah,
2: just like, I mean, basically that Sears Sears Atari system, you know, or uh, I know there was, wasn't there another Atari that had, um, like, a different, like, what's it like, Montgomery Wards or something had their own thing? Um,
1: They weren't licensed?
2: So basically, they would just have their factory take the hardware and put a different uh, shell on it and then sell it as, like, their own. (laughs)
1: didn't, didn't Atari, like the Trammel folks get a little kind of, hmm, what's going on here?
2: I mean, I'm not super into like, um, trademarking law. Yeah. I, I know, I know for sure. I've read about, there was some lawsuits at some point, um, you know, for things, but again, it had something to do with trademarking law at the time. And, you know, basically like Ryan said, it was, it was the wild west. You know, there was, home developers creating games for the Atari and, you know, which honestly are some of the more rarer titles nowadays. Um, there was also, uh, easiest way to say this on Radio Risqué titles. Oh, yeah, you get that, the Custard
1: uh, Revenge that we have here, too. Yeah.
2: Oh, so you know about, okay, you know about
1: Custard Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, for those folks who don't know, if you can really use a, a 2600 joystick quickly... <laughs> <laughs> you could win, you know, the fine maiden. And, and and it's funny, too, because for folks who've seen the homegrown at that time, and Custard's Revenge was sold as one of the first X-rated ones. And it kind of, you probably didn't want the, the three-year-old that just went over a curb. To play it, but you know, <laughs> of course not. It, 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 no, you wanted to wait till he was thirteen. Uh, it, it, it was um, it was unique. I mean, the graphics were incredibly, and when we say crude, we don't mean like like porno crude. We just mean it, it was like four different colors: yeah. <laughs> the cactus, the chick, yeah. the guy, and, and what the guy falling,
2: had We don't the <laughs> falling. We don't know from the sky. Yet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, either one of you guys, when we ask questions, either one of you guys can come in, but uh, have you ever seen a game, and especially something in the earlier days, that you just looked at it and you went, what the hell is
0: this? Ooh, Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64 um, was just a wild ride and a wild game. Just the satirical humor of it and just like, the poop jokes and everything like that. You wouldn't expect it to have been such a hit game, and now it's a really expensive game, too. It's like a 100 bucks for it, and it's a 64 game. You wouldn't have expected that, yeah, especially
2: from Nintendo.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then if you flip it on the other side, then you have something like E.T. for Atari, and you went, what's this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. You guys sell this for full price, and it, it kind of like was... As big of a letdown, and and that one's legendary. I mean, they found them in landfills yeah. and all this stuff, you know. But there was some, especially back in the twenty six hundred days, you know, some of those games. And and, and the, I, and I will say it this way: when Pac Man came out, and it came out, you know, four by three. And it was really a weird format, you know. Yeah. I, it was a huge letdown. When you guys, what was like a, a title that you were so waiting to see, and then you got it home, and it was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, and then you put it in there, and you went, oh boy, <laughs> this is awful. So this is
3: uh, this is kind of a deep cut, but there was a game, and this was probably the last game I ever pre-ordered. It was on PlayStation Three, deep, and cut. it was marked, yeah it was marketed as uh the halo, it was like another halo killer like every couple of years they were like oh this is the new halo killer yeah um it was called haze H A Z E and it is by far one of the worst games <laughs> I've ever played the worst but, but that was that was uh you know 2007 or 2008 and that was the last time I put money down for a game before it was out
1: and I'm pretty well sure it wasn't just $25, was it? No, it was uh I
3: think they were PS3 games were going for 60.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, $60. Wow. And that was back then. Mhm. I have
2: one, I have one for that. Um PS2 sure. era. Um this was during like the whole Grand Theft Auto, you know, thing uh craze. Yeah. Um they released a game called State of Emergency and like the like, the the base of it, like, sounded really cool, so I was like, I waited for this game, waited for this game, waited for this game, finally got it home, played it, and it is a turd. It was, <laughs> I, was, I played it for maybe, like, 20 minutes, and I'm like... <laughs> I the desk. i I'm never playing this
1: again. <laughs> I mean, did you just take a look at that and go, how can I re-gift this for somebody for Christmas?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, unfortunately, it was back before you could return games that were already open, but uh, yeah, I ended up uh, the next day going back and selling it back to them and getting something else. It was it was awful. Whew.
1: Yeah, because there were some of them, and, and we were talking about this at pre-production today. Some of, of the graphic art and the front of these games or the boxes were outstanding. you know? Oh, yeah.
3: I mean... Mega Man 2.
2: What's that? Mega Man 1. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, Mega Man 1. With the guy on it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mega
1: oh, Man yeah. 1. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, they all promised, like, hours of game fun. It, it was like, you won't sleep for weeks because you'll just be glued to the TV. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, there, you, there was you know, such a saturation in the market at that, you know, at that time that, you know, they had to do some flashy box art to try to get you to buy that game because, you know, there wasn't a lot of media back then. There was a couple video game magazines, but, you know, not everybody was reading those. So you would walk into a Toys R Us, see this wall full of games that you had no idea unless you knew what you were going there to buy, and you're like, uh, you know, you would buy the game based upon the box art Well if your friend had it yeah or if your friend had
1: it yeah 100%. yeah but if your friend had it couldn't you like uh trade them collect them with your friends say hey look come on <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh for sure yeah I, I was just thinking about the, the mcdonald thing i mean what was supposed to be the point there here come and get a happy meal sit down and play nintendo so mom and dad doesn't have to buy a unit
0: so, basically, what they were trying to do was separate the children from the adults so they can make it a place for both ages. You know, McDonald's, happiness, all ages could come here and enjoy themselves. So, yeah, while mom and dad sat down and, you know, ate their Big Macs, you know, their kids would go over to the station, and it would it would be like this see-through plastic TV tube TV and it would have the four controllers coming out on arms, and you could play four-player Mario Kart on it. And, you know, after the kids were done, if they didn't want to go to the playscapes, they would just hop up on the N- uh, N64 and play it that way. And the parents got a second to kind of catch a
2: breath, you know?
1: <laughs> wow. the good old days. And so, yeah, but really, way to go, Nintendo, because, right? look, the kids look like they're having fun with this for X hundreds of dollars. We can bring one home, and I can have a breath there.
2: <laughs> um, yep, yeah, it was a ingenious marketing idea as well.
1: You know, the thing that separated, I mean, we're kind of Sega people here, you know, but Nintendo, we always marveled at because they had the marketing. You know, it, it was phenomenal what they could do. I mean, every time that Sega would come out with, with a platform and you would think, well, this is this can't go any higher. I mean, my God, Genesis with 32X, how can we, you know, how much more power can you put into a box? It always seems like Nintendo would wait in the weeds for a second and then go,
2: ta-da! It's still that way to this day. I mean... Graphical wise and power wise, Nintendo is still behind the times compared to PlayStation Five, you know, the Xbox, um, and PC by far too. But um, you know, that's, that's still the way Nintendo works. You know, they they they're just their own animal, I guess. You know, but I mean, the Switch is the Nintendo Switch is one of the most successful systems. It, yeah I mean it's it, it, in, in America in America and Japan um, I guess maybe for the portability of it and just you know back to Nintendo first party games you know it's thats that's what built Nintendo Mario built Nintendo you know link Zelda built Nintendo you know when you have first party games like that and they're such high quality consistently, then you know that's why they're still you know still the king.
3: We also appeal cross generate generation. Yeah, yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I know that we we sat back once and we were taking a look at essentially what was the 1960s horsepower war. You know when everybody tried to do one better. I mean, sp- starting with you know uh, PlayStation. And then we got Xbox, and then it started PS2, and then here we go, and here we go. Who can have, you know, the most memory? Who can have the fastest uh, processor? Who can have the best CPU and all that stuff? And then Nintendo goes hard left rudder and goes, screw this, we can't compete with this, so we're going to do this Wii thing. And everybody went, oh, my God, what an incredible misstep, Nintendo. You'll be out of business in a week. Oops. So funny
0: enough, I got something for this one. I remember being, so I'm not that old. I'm only 25, about to be 26 in a little bit. Uh, One of the first brand new consoles I got that was given to me brand new in the box was a Nintendo Wii. My family had banded together and had, you know, chipped in money and sought one out and found one. Really? Gave it to me. And my, yeah, 100%. They just banded together. They were like, you know, he's never had a new system. Him and his brother have been playing on the N64. Let's get him something new. And as soon as they got me that, they didn't give me any games with it. It just came with Wii Sports. And me and my brother played bowling, tennis, and uh, baseball, boxing. We played that for months before I could even get my hands on another game. And I'm telling you, it was the time of my life as a kid playing that system. So I wasn't surprised that there was that much hype behind it. And there's still hype behind it, too. Family, game time. It's always good if you got Wii Sports, Michael Jackson Experience,
2: or Mario on the Wii.
1: The Michael the Jackson Wii, the Wii Experience. Is still one of
2: our, our top sellers, for sure. We sell a lot of Nintendo Wii's
1: here. Yeah, see, and here, it's not a, a dirty word as we go through here. If you go to the Reboot Repair South, are, are we going to call that the Reboot Repair Center one day? Or. Center yeah, Earth well, I, know,
2: I mean, we're basically just go by reboot at this point. So, uh, oh, how cool! Yeah. Okay, sad, sad story, sad story, John. But anyway, um. <sighs> no such thing as sad stories
1: <laughs> here. But I mean, if you want a classic, uh, and see, here's the thing: <laughs> we walk into the strip mall into reboot, and it's like I want one of them, and my hand is going like a sprinkler out on your lawn. If if you have time, and for God's sake, just don't be a loitering pig. Come with your visa. You know, I mean, these guys have Classic Councils under the glass. You know, they have the all the cool games under the glass. I mean, they're there. The cool thing also with Reboot, and we can say this freely, is that they don't sell any junk there. And if you've ever gone to one of the... Um, like flea markets or something like that, you see stuff from maybe not this country, although it says it was made here, kind of thing. We're tiptoeing around the China knockoffs, mm-hmm. you know, and Boot, bootlegs. Yeah. yeah, and the bootlegs, and they don't, they don't do exactly what you said. You know, the, the funny thing is that we have, you know, the councils here. The, we also have um, other things here, so to speak. I mean, we have Jesus. How many of our stuff is has chips in it already? you know, for back in the day, for what we did, but oh, if you go to, and it's the one thing that we want you to go to reboot. I mean, you go anywhere, but we we give our the CK thumb of approval for reboot. Um, if you go see these things that are on Amazon, and they look like kind of like a, our um, our controller that we have for uh, our games. And they they have, like, two joysticks and all the buttons and all that stuff, and they come with 1,014 games, and you can get them on Amazon for about... 300 400 bucks put on the brakes take the money and my estimation go to reboot go buy yourself a console and go buy yourself games go get a chip go do whatever you got to do because some of those things in our estimation for the legalese that we got to go through is some of those games are like they give you a thousand games but it's like 400 versions of pac-man yeah you know, and if they run, if the colors are there, if they go at real speed or whatnot, I mean, emulation is cool. if it's good emulation, but these things mostly aren't. There's a few that are okay. Again, we say that for uh, legal ease. But uh just go and get the real deal. I mean, I saw a couple of classic stuff underneath that glass. I saw some PS threes underneath there if I'm not mistaken. I mean the oldest system you have right now, or the most classic system you have right now is a what for sale. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean we, we have some I mean we got some Ataris and stuff here. We have some we we even have like a Atari uh what four hundred that's still in the original box, I wanna say. So I mean we got some really old school stuff. Um <clears throat> but I yeah, I mean classic playability wise, um, you know, we have Nintendos and Super Nintendo's and you know, like kinda to build upon what you were talking about earlier, you know, every system we sell we don't just we don't just take it and put a price tag on and throw it out there. We take it all apart, we hand clean it, you know, test all functionality um, to make sure that if you're going to buy something from us, that you know it is top quality. We refurbish, you know, with like for instance, the Nintendo. Uh, we change what's called the 72 pin connector in all of our Nintendos, which is the internal, uh, basically cartridge reader for the system. No more so, blowing on it. Well, used to with it being as old as it is, you still got to kind of bow on a little bit. But you know, I mean, that's that's never going to go away, unfortunately. But um, you know, it 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 just makes it a better experience. You know, I want like if somebody's going to give me their money, I want them to take it home and total ease of use as to the best of my ability.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, that's kind of. And if anybody's got an original Xbox, I mean, I'm sure that. You, Ryan, Jacob, or Chubs can shut their eyes and go. I know the first three things we're gonna once we take off that shroud. What we're gonna have to fix right away because people go. It kind of almost works. <laughs>
0: yeah. Most of the times, the first thing you want to replace on any older system like that, capacitors. you got to check the capacitors.
1: Yeah, like
0: cause those go out after a handful of years. So that is like the big thing for the uh, game gears, the Xboxes. And man, does it make a smell in the shop? But we replace <laughs> them
2: anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's funny. Like old Game Gear capacitors have like quite a fish. Yeah, it smells like fish. They smell like fish. Like a it a fish the, market. It, it makes the whole building smell like a fish market. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's, do it's pretty cool.
1: Do you tack on an extra twenty five dollars fumigation fee for people to bring those yeah. in?
2: So that not for that, but that that is another story. <laughs> so we. Uh, We do get some systems that have uh, Living things in them sometimes Without going too much into it But uh, yeah so we uh, We are not exterminators But (laughs) as long as it's not Terribly bad um, You know we We can can play a little Billy the exterminator on your system for you Uh,
1: Cool So I mean if you got uh, Roaches in your uh, Dreamcast come by (laughs) Don't come by you know? I mean, what did yeah. you guys think? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, that is that is definitely a thing for sure. Uh, mostly, maybe not so much Dreamcast as much as uh, PS4s. yeah, PS4s, PS3s, uh, really? ps Um It's like the um, it's like the electromagnetic field uh, in the so, power supply. So
3: basically, if you have a, an environment that's not clean, the roach is going to find some spot to call its home, and typically that's a power supply. And given that the fact that a lot of these systems have vents that are small, tight-packed crevices that are dark, perfect for some sort of infestation to happen. Yeah.
0: goody. I mean, just the other day, I, uh, I had to take apart, like, a damn near a brand-new PlayStation 5, and what did I find in there except for a whole entire ant colony laying eggs and had a queen and everything. It took over the dish drive, the power supply, and you know what? We still fixed it somehow.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> what was he saying? It's intermittent problems here because the ants are doing no, their he, march. He knew.
2: Yeah, he 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 warned us ahead of time. Like we have these giant uh, Ziploc bags that if we smell or kind of sense a. Uh, Possible, you know, infestation. We'll put them in these Ziploc bags. So obviously, so we don't. uh, Yeah, to quarantine them. So uh, we don't want to become infested with bugs here. And once you know (laughs) the smell
0: of roaches, anything like that, you know the smell. It just takes one quick whiff by the vent, and you'll know and put it in the bag. yes I mean, 100%.
1: what do you do? You shake the units before you like open them up to feel like
2: something's moving. Generally, generally, we'll pop the covers off, and you know, even if you don't see any any live boys or dead bodies in there, you know, you'll at least see trails um, that right. they, yeah, that yeah, that they were there at some point or, or are still there, uh, depending on how fresh the trails look, and that kind of gives us a good idea of uh, you know. If there's going to be uh, a, you know bugs in there when we go to open it up.
1: You know the the wild thing is you see some of the stereotypical um, like gamer rooms, gamer houses. You know, yeah. I mean, the guys have like incredible you know multi-million dollar monitors and a PS5 oh, there, yeah. and yet it's oh, yeah. nothing but Taco Bell wrappers and Monster cans <laughs> all over the place.
0: A big thing about that is they decide to take the console, and instead of putting it on the shelf, they'll put it on the ground, which is the easiest access for any of these bugs mm-hmm. or infestations to happen. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, so. All right, well, so getting away from the bugs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no more
1: bugs. We have, have... sad
3: stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> Of course, we are by far. The the game here that gets played probably the most is when anybody takes anything off the Sega rack. And that goes anywhere between the Master System uh, all the way down. I mean, we popped off at at the, uh, well, Dreamcast, so did everybody else. You know, the Saturn System, just to play Daytona, that gets a, a pretty good spin. But what the hell happened to Sega I
2: mean, the Dreamcast basically killed Sega. So, you know, it was... The Dreamcast is an amazing system that was, you know, way ahead of its time. You know, it had windows on it. It, had, it was one of the first systems to connect to the internet. Multiplayer, you know, it just... Pir- pirated games, pirated games, and you know, you, you know, he, yeah. he, he he know Ryan knows a lot more about. P-
3: those. Personally, I would say as far as Sega goes, it pretty much started in like '93 <laughs> because at that point they had 75 percent of the market share. They were beating Nintendo. Yeah, uh, hand over fist. But the thing was, is like with the 32X and the CD attachment and the Saturn. They kept dividing their resources to play catch-up. So the main the main thing with Sega was a lot of bad decisions and the fact that Sega of America and Japan had two different mindsets. Um, that was believe it or not. Believe it or not, actually, in Japan, Sega Saturn was the most popular system at that time. Not really? here in America. Everyone was playing PlayStation and N64, but if you compare the Japanese Saturn library to the American Saturn library, it's night and day. Really? They got, they yeah, they got Castlevania in Japan. Uh, we didn't get it. It was only on PlayStation here in America. Um, and then, and then finally, like with the Dreamcast, like things were going to turn around, uh, but it was just too little too late. You know, ever, ever since pretty much 93 in the Genesis, they could just never recapture the fire. And they just, kept making bad decisions. That's, that's really what I feel. I mean, like, obviously with the Dreamcast going up against the PS2, which is a juggernaut and probably the still best-selling system ever, um, they just got elbowed out of, out of the market with everything else that they had to compete with.
1: Because they didn't have the advertising dollars? Because Sony came in and they just threw down the gauntlet. You know? Yeah. They had the name, they had the cool, even walking into... Because really... PS one was that the first CD-based game? I, I don't think so. Was it?
3: No, I would. I want to say the Turbo CD was. Yeah, TurboGrafx CD was the uh, the first uh, CD
2: add-on system in America. That and Sega CD for sure.
1: You know, we we have a <laughs> one of the interns here who swears by her 3DO. You know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, this could have been the best system ever. This, you know, was so misunderstood. It was so far advanced from itself. I don't know, I guess it was. But was it? Well, 3D, 3DO was uh, what
2: FMV gaming, basically. All their games were full-motion video games. So kind of like a, if uh, Dragon's Lair. You know, dra- uh, any time anybody played Dragon's Lair, like in the arcade, uh, you are basically playing like a, a movie, you know, and most yeah. 3DO games, same thing with, like, Philips CDI, um, and a lot of the Sega CD library. They're all FMV games where you're, you know, which was cool at the time. I mean, they're still fun to play. Like, um, I was oh, playing, man. like, Night Trap. Yeah, Night Trap. Uh, because they, they did a re-release of Night Trap for the PlayStation uh, 4 later on. But it, it's a, you know, true-to-heart re-release, so every nothing really changed. But, it, you know, it's still fun to play. It's goofy. But you know that 3DO, same thing. They're all you know, ninety-nine percent of the 3DO libraries like FMV games.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't it Panasonic was throwing all of its weight behind it, and it's like, ha ha, Sony, wait till you come by, you know. And it's so like,
2: the, yeah, I mean, and the story was that what the um, it wasn't Panasonic scheduled to make like a add-on for the N64 or
3: something like that? no, that was. I remember that they were that Sony was partnered with Nintendo yeah that fell through and that's what led to the Playstation
0: add on to the 64 was supposed to be something that you could play like Expansions.
2: It was like a DLC. Well, it was a disk drive. So yeah. it was basically like a flash disk. Uh, that actually came out in Japan, and I think mm-hmm. there's maybe like eight games for it or something well, like that.
0: Like uh, They're not named. They're not anything. You find it, and you have to like plug it in and make sure you have to have the right stuff to hook it up yeah. to be able to find out exactly what it is. And there, you're right. There's not
2: that many games out there. Yeah, I kind of saw there was something with Panasonic, too, which is putting my mind right now. But, yeah, I mean, Panasonic definitely through everything they had of 3DO again while, while less times when all these people were trying to come out with these systems.
3: Yeah, you know... So, the, so what, go ahead. One one. Yeah, one thing, too, with the 3DO that was actually interesting as opposed to how everyone else did things is 3DO was kind of like a brand and they had uh, three other companies actually make different 3DO systems. Yeah. Um, Panasonic was one of them and then uh, Lucky Gold Star, which is now... Known more commonly as LG, LT, yeah, and I believe there was a Sharp had one Sharp, as yeah. too. So, but the thing is, with the way that they did that, all the manufacturers did not want to take a loss on that hardware. So, the price point of that system when it came out was seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, nowadays, even with the PS Five, Sony is okay taking a little bit of a loss on the hardware because they know they're going to make it back up with licensing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the 3DO was not like that at all.
1: We were laughing at 3DO because the logo they couldn't figure out what shape they really wanted. You want a circle, triangle, square, what the hell? You know, it looked like (laughs) little building blocks, and it was like, how cute? Get out! Because I mean, it it was like one of those. You know, the 3DO and the Saturn almost looks have that same kind of brooding black box kind of look to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one time, because I know that there was even a Radio Shack knockoff, but they were doing something. I think it was CDI, as somebody mentioned yeah. there. I mean, it was like, look, take trips around the world. You know, have an yeah. encyclopedia in your hands, and we can also play Mad Dog McCree. Okay.
2: Yeah, Mad Dog McCree. Uh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And it's funny you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned the encyclopedia. Uh, we have a system here. Um uh it's called the uh the xi and uh it's basically like a sega genesis and a sega cd all built into one it's made by jvc wow and the the um the disc that came with it was an encyclopedia disc for the sega cd funny enough (laughs) what
1: an encyclopedia you mean you could have the whole library in your home
2: yeah the interactive encyclopedia yeah crazy
1: wow i mean it is kind of fun especially when you go back and and again we have all these all the things that really amaze us you guys see every single day there at reboot but you know when, when you put in the um at the genesis and you put in the the disc and you do play the mad dog mccree and you wait for it to boot and wait 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 and then it comes up and it's like wow is this like all 240 res here you know, but it, we're yeah. still so amazed. Look, it's actual fluid motion. And you're right. It, yeah. What was it, Dragon's Lair that when that came out in the arcades, everybody goes, look how fluid all this is. You play a movie, and then the yeah. machine was always broken every other week.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the thing. You know, that was like the thing back then. Obviously, the you know, the... Technology for graphics wasn't where it is today, for sure, but, um, you know, people wanted graphics, and the best way that they could get graphics back then was by doing FMV games.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing is, and what we're looking at right now, is that every time that we see, you know, because they pop up now on our Facebook page and stuff, classic gaming and all that, how many people really are, are going into garbage cans and finding tube TVs, you know, so they have that authentic you know, 480 at best resolution look. I mean, is that the way to go? Because I, I know the brilliant... Now, here's another brilliant if you go to reboot. If you have an older system, and I don't know how far back you can do, but there's a way where you guys can modernize um, consoles with HDMI ports, right? So they can play on a modern TV? Yes,
3: yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's a couple different schools of thought. I mean, I'm I'm not really want to really weigh in on what is better. uh, But as far as ease of use, uh, you can definitely modify most of the older systems with some sort of digital port like an HDMI. Um, Alternatively, there's other ways that you can pipe out better video signals to the old consoles with little to no modifications, and then run that into what's called a scaler, which will take any analog input and use Math and all that fun stuff to put it into from 480 or 240p even up to 4k. Um, but it's everything like that is a, it's a giant rabbit hole. There's expensive uh, cables you have to buy that you know maybe only came out in Europe for a certain amount of time. But there's always ways that you can improve on things, and and it seems like every six months they have a new mod or uh, something like that to. Um, sell to people to get installed in their
1: systems. Alright, so if I'm going to go to to reboot here and I have a system that I go look guys, I I don't have any uh, red, white and yellow ports in the back anymore Um, can you guys put an HDMI or or somehow do this? I mean, how far back can I go? I know that the original Xbox you can put an HDMI port in there or an update to it but I mean, how far back can you go, uh, what's the oldest model, I guess you'd say, of uh, any kind of console that you can update to that?
3: So so as far as I know, uh, I think they make they, they make an S-video mod for the Magnavox Odyssey 2. I've done that. Um, it's not an HDMI port, but going from, you know, the old uh, coax, rm yeah so s video is, is quite a big jump and then if you put that s video signal into a scaler you could get it looking relatively sharp
2: yeah
3: um but they was like the 2600 yep. putting the av
2: mod into a 2600 then running it into a scaler it's like night and day difference compared to coax the coax input
1: an av mod what's that so like
2: uh, a composite so the yellow red and white mod to uh, old you know say 2600 okay um we've done that to many consoles here um and then you, you like you said even if you don't have the um HDMI or the uh com- composite video on your tv we have the we do sell the scalers here um that can run it from av to hdmi and you know the quality of picture is beyond greater than running it to a co you know an old coaxial output you know that were built into it
1: yeah because really I'm, but then are the games of high res enough resolution revolution <laughs> resolution boy, that it, we, it could take advantage of you know a scaler or something
3: so that's really where it comes down to personal preference um just like you said, the difference between original hardware and emulation, uh, there's there's just some things that I would rather play on a CRT personally. But the way I have it set up at home, I have a CRT for some things. I have my 4K OLED for others. It, it's really down to personal preference, I think.
2: And space in your house. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I mean, we were
1: a big sucker for any console game that had wood grain on it. I mean if it had wood grain it's coming home because obviously it shows that you had more class than everybody else <laughs> for whatever reason you know and, and we were trying to we racked our heads and we thought okay uh, the original Atari, the 2600 Atari the Intellivision the first Intellivision and then we kind of went blank after that because I, I think they stopped that I, is, can you guys think of any of them that had w- other ones that had wood grain
3: I think the Channel App has w- wood grain yeah. The Fairchild.
1: Fair oh. Way to go, Ryan, out of left field. Way to go. <laughs> you know, I mean... there's one weird system we have? Remember those in, like, a box? They had a bunch
2: of games for it. I don't remember what that thing was called. I, yeah, I don't even know. Polestar, Yeah, weird like that. Yeah. There's another really obscure system, I think, that might have the, you know, the wood grain on it as well. I, I'll have to double-check on that.
3: Because okay. a lot of those old systems from, like, the late 70s and early 80s, it was really, like, fly-by-night, some guy had some money to invest and get a team together, eight or nine guys, and, you know, put out this thing that only ever had 12 games for it.
1: So Anyone that comes to mind?
3: I, I mean, half of the stuff that you can see on uh, on the Hyperspin, you know, some oh, of those yes. older systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you go,
1: God, I'm such a dummy because I've, I've never heard of this system and everybody else, it's clearly, it's right here on Hyperspin, yeah. so
3: therefore... Yeah, like the mega, like the duck.
1: Yeah, or or whatever pinball. Uh, I mean, they do make some really nice pinball stuff, and then there's ones that have like six pinball games. And mm-hmm. then okay, and then when you went through that whole first revolution of uh, console gamings that they were selling at ACO, you know, it was basically pong, squash, um, and then they'd give you a rifle. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and you just had to follow the beam
2: and see those are those are fun though it's like i missed i we you know me and ryan were talking about this recently we were at the uh midwest gaming classic in milwaukee about a month ago and uh they, you know they had a bunch of light gun games set up and it's just like i they just i it, it's like something you miss so much you know um and uh, one, uh, you know, my favorite classic system, which reminded me of that, was uh, the which didn't have a lot of games. Unfortunately, that was way ahead of its time. Was the Vectrex? Have you, have you, are you familiar with the Vectrex?
1: Wasn't that? Yeah, didn't that have the the screen revolution or um, stuff that you had to put over the the screen? Yeah. So the system was the screen. Yeah,
2: and you, it, uh, every game came with an overlay. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. Over- yeah, because it was all vector
1: graphics.
2: Um, for people that may be more familiar, like the old Star Wars arcade game, right? Tempest, like the eighties, you know, like vector graphics like yeah. that. So every game was in vector graphics. It came with a game built in Minesweeper, and it, you know, you would put overlays um, in front of the in front of the screen to kind of like add, you know add give it color, you know, because it was some otherwise, to yeah, some depth because it was a black and white, you know, vector. Graphics game, but you know, fantastic system, fantastic games on it. They're all like shmup shooter kind of games, and they're just a lot of fun. There's even like a Star Trek game for that system.
1: Okay, ready? Top three systems, if money was no object, you would have, and I'll, I'll kick because the ones that we think for, are the most fun that gets played, like besides the Xbox and everything with the chips, the, the three here are uh, Intellivision, ColecoVision, and the uh, Dreamcast how about you jacob money no object um sharp
2: x sixty eight thousand i would say uh that is uh, see like i cut i i was a collector for a long time i cut down most of my collection the only thing i really collect now is turbo graphics and p c engine games uh which p c engine is the Japanese counterpart of the turbo graphics mm-hmm. um you know, that's that's so I'm that's kinda what I'm into. Um, you know, so is it sharp the X eighty X sixty eight thousand with a Japanese like computer system. You should look it up one day and kind of do a little dive into it. It's a really awesome system. Very, very expensive. Um you know, obviously a Neo Geo AES system for home would be amazing. Um I was, I mean, just games for my Turbo Graphics. you know, uh, you know, uh, I have the PC engine duo, which is like the CD hue card, uh, counterpart for the, uh, for Japanese, but, um, we've modded it so I can play both American and Japanese games on it. But, uh, there actually was a North American release for the Turbo Duo. Uh, that was the TurboGrafx-16 with the CD add-on all built into one system that I've never been able to come across. Um. But uh, yeah, probably I would say the the that those three, the Neo Geo, the Turbo Duo and the Sharp X sixty eight thousand.
3: Okay, Ryan, step up. Step All right, up so three. I'm think I'm thinking like is money no object. Money's no object. <laughs> Honestly, probably I'm I'm pretty simple. I would go with the Super Nintendo, the PS two and the Xbox three sixty, just based on the libraries alone.
1: Look, everyone's, like, holding their chin and, like, oh, yes, yes, that's a very good three. Yes, yes, we can see that.
3: <laughs> I mean, so the main reason with Super Nintendo is I felt that that was, like, the first time that they ever got anywhere where their only limit was really the imagination. Now, obviously, like, you couldn't do 3D, but you could definitely tell any kind of story you wanted on the Super Nintendo. So that's, like, probably the top one for me.
1: That's, you know, if everything that we were talking, especially with the ColecoVision that kind of was here for a cup of coffee and went, you know, talk about things that, you know, had add-ons, 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 and we're going to have more add-ons. I mean, for the ColecoVision that we have here, we have the Atari 2600 add-on. You know, why buy one of those Ataris when you can get ColecoVision and you can keep all your Atari games? No reason to buy more. We got the add-on. I mean, I don't know what Coleco was thinking about that they weren't going to get their pants suit off, but (laughs) we grabbed one before they did. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how well it worked. I mean, we tried it once, but you can only play tank battles so many times, and that's... One of the things that we used to smile about with the original Atari games is 18 games in this cartridge, and it was like 18 versions of tank battle.
3: <laughs> so you, 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 you talk about this story. You say you're a big fan of the Dreamcast. Yeah. Do you, rem- do you remember when the Dreamcast was out that they released something for it called Bleancast?
1: Bleancast. Why did say that uh, cuz I remember the Maracas and I remember the yeah. the so little it, memory so again
3: a big lawsuit there was a company called Bleem that used to run PlayStation emulators on PC and they put to market ah. an emulator that would go in your Dreamcast that would allow you to play original PlayStation 1 games on your Dreamcast
1: what was it some kind of boot disk and then
3: Yeah, yeah, basically it would just trick the system into running the PlayStation games. You
1: know, and that's kind of the original, like, Xbox. You look at it and you go, how dumb were you guys that you didn't think that people were going (laughs) to reverse engineer half of this stuff?
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah, they're still coming up with new mods for the original Xbox. It's pretty crazy, like, 21 years later.
1: Isn't it amazing? I mean, how far forward was Microsoft when they thought of this thing?
3: It's, well, the, the, the craziest thing about the Xbox still, like, even with the ability to do all the modifications and, you know, put your crazy lights and your HDMI ports and whatever, if you have uh, a dead system with a dead hard drive, it's not like it is today where you can just find a new hard drive and slap it in. They had security keys that were unique, marrying every hard drive to the motherboard, which is very, very forward-thinking. But at the same time, for someone who has to repair these things, quite
1: a pain in the neck. You know, we were just going to ask, when when somebody brings a council to you guys, the one council that you look at, you go, great, we can hammer this thing out. We know exactly where to go. And the other flip of the coin of when somebody brings in this council, you go, oh, my God, uh, maybe we can turn off the lights real fast before they come in because it's such a pain in the ass to work on.
3: Your favorite one, right? Yeah, so for me, probably I would say the one I I dislike the most would probably be the PSP. Okay. Uh, Basically because it's like a giant 3D puzzle, and typically the first thing that goes bad on them is either the screen, which is not so bad, but primarily the disk drive, which is located in the back of the system, and you have to completely disassemble the entire thing. And then put it all the way back together just to test it to see if the repair was successful. It's it's quite a nightmare. Thanks, Sony. Yeah. And then probably the easiest, honestly, like any anything uh, uh, Nintendo from pre two thousand. So the N64, the Super Nintendo, the NES, any Game Boys, they're all usually typically just a dream to work with. Really?
1: Okay. So, Jacob... If we go uh, into... Jacob is currently not
0: here at the moment. Chubbs is. Uh, <laughs> i can play in on this if you would like me to.
1: Coming in as a left-hander out of the field, it's Chubbs <laughs> batting left, throwing uh, right.
0: <laughs> so when it comes to my worst, uh, you know, hated console, to see come in, it's got to be hands down the fat PlayStation 3 backwards compatible. Now, it was cool that you could play PlayStation 3, 2 and 1 on it, but just... They didn't think far into the future when it came to having these bad consoles last. Yeah, it was very bad engineering bad on their part. <laughs> and with their repairs over the last, what would you say, Jake? Over the last, like, uh, maybe, like, five to seven years, the repair rate <laughs> went from 80% all the way down to 5% on these consoles. Wow. Pretty close to that, yeah. Yeah. And
2: it's it bad engineering. Um not proper cooling yep, not proper cooling one hundred percent because what would happen with those is they get cold center joints underneath the GPU and they just they're basically almost unrepairable after that unless you have a a reball machine which those are like.
1: $10,000 which you guys I'm sure have in uh, reboot oh, air yeah. north
2: Oh yeah. No yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately Just no, go I there. I don't, I don't I don't I don't have that Radio John money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Right, Talking so about it comes to the uh, the easiest ones that I love seeing come in yeah. hands down. It's got to be a Nintendo sixty four because half of the time it just needs a slight clean on the pins and it will work like it
2: was brand new out of the box.
1: How about you, Jake? If uh, he's
2: there. So I'm I'm mostly the computer guy here, so um, you know I I I think. I I fix some systems, but my, yeah, I do. I'm mostly computer guy and like, you know, Apple, Apple's always fun to work on. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, we can hear. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, again, just, uh, you know, laptops are fun because, you know, obviously they're, you know, designed and engineered to fit all in one small space and one piece and, you know, Apple loves to throw in like a thousand small little unnecessary screws, but that <laughs> are necessary to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I fix some old school systems. You know, Nintendos, NES. You know, old school NESs are fun to fix. Um, you know, basically, you know, older systems like that they're 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 fairly simple and you know fun to work on
1: talking about fun to work on it we just got the nudge we want to make sure that we uh, alert all the ckwi radio 76 stations down the line we ran a little bit late with the fine reboot friends here but that's okay we'll make it up on the other end and we'll make it up on the uh detroit sports authority coming up here live at seven o'clock if you like sports as much as you do they'll love the detroit sports authority coming up live 7 p.m gentlemen whew, you know where did this hour go I mean, it, it flew by. Will, will you guys come back on again with us? We haven't even yeah, touched half.
2: Absolutely, yeah, that was fun, man. We had a good time for sure. And like you said, I looked. I just looked at my clock. I'm like, what? I can't believe it's already been over an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know the funny thing is, we haven't even touched. We got we got tons of stuff here from staff. You know, because we have our our favorite Nomad here, and uh, an Atari Lynx. That that gets. Oh, yeah. A little bit of oomph, and there's so much more. So, in a few seconds that we got left over, people can come into bye. John. <laughs> <laughs> people can come into reboot, and where are you exactly located? Because we're telling people Gratiot and Ten Mile, but you're on Ten Mile, though, right?
2: Well, so we're right at the northwest corner of Ten Mile and Gratiot. Uh We're in the White Brick Plaza with uh, the Dollar Tree and the Crafty Crab, we're right in the middle of that <laughs> plaza. We're right at the corner of uh, Ten and Gratiot. <laughs> Crafty Crab. <laughs> Crazy Crab. It's a seafood, rest- a seafood restaurant that just opened up here about a, maybe like a year and a half ago.
1: You sure it wasn't one of those capacitors going bad? You know, it could have been.
2: <laughs> it, 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 it somebody smelled it and just decided to make it into a restaurant.
1: All right, so if somebody's got a classic gaming... A council that needs some uh, work, they can come right to you. I mean, the the walk-in process, as I can explain it how we did ours, we we went into it kind of like a veterinarian. It's like, can you fix my dog, mister? You know, and it's like, yeah, sign the piece of paper, we'll call you later, bye. You know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent. We uh, we
1: fix everything from
2: Atari to PS Five. So if you got any system in between, in 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 between that, uh, we can definitely fix it for you. Um, yeah, even if we haven't heard about it, we can uh, you know give it a shot. We can figure it out.
1: <laughs> and there's also classic game cartridges there because if you're really really old, you call them tapes for whatever god reason. Oh yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, there's you have games from I would assume from what we saw Atari twenty six hundred forward, right? Yeah,
2: yep. Uh, Same thing, Atari twenty six hundred all the way up to PlayStation Five. We have all uh, all games for you know a lot of a lot of the systems. Not every system, unfortunately, but uh, I uh, like quite a few, many of them.
1: (laughs) And you have some rare stuff that people. It's hard to get. I would assume, right?
2: Oh, yeah. All yeah, right. Oh yeah, we got a lot of cool, uh, cool gems in here for sure. I mean, you'll, you'll, if you come in, you'll definitely see something you've either wanted to see or never seen before.
1: <laughs> we got a note here from staff that says you have Alex Kid on a card. Like,
2: right. Oh, like uh, second like master system? Yeah. You like, oh, oh, uh,
3: what the
1: hell it's, well, Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that came on a card. I thought that was. Because, I mean, what was that stupid yeah. system? I mean, it was a cartridge, and then it was, like, that little credit cardy kind of thing that I, I think yeah. Graphics had, too.
2: Yeah, yep. Basically, like, a Hue card. Uh, the Sega Master System did have some games that were on the uh, Hue card uh, compared to the cartridge. Um, all Graphics games were on a Hue card. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I'm not certain off the top of my head. I would have to... I do... I know I me. I know I do have some Hugh Card uh, Master System games here, and we have yeah. a decent Master System collection. So yeah, tell them to uh, take take a time out and come check us out.
1: Yeah, because everybody thought that the Nintendos were good for cutesy games, and Sega were sports games. You know, I mean, but they, they had this kind of yeah eternal champions is is broken here only because we played that one so much and that wasn't a sport game anyways where can people get a hold of you i mean they can find you on facebook at websites phone call phone numbers where what
2: yep we got facebook uh we're under reboot repair south uh we have a google page uh reboot repair south as well um you can call us you can message us uh i run the message so uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of me for something, uh, we do have an email, uh, rebootrepairsouth at gmail.com. Um, you can basically get a hold of any of those ways, even if it's uh, not during hours. I generally answer um, fairly quickly. So, uh, yeah, we can uh, definitely, if you got any questions, feel free to hit us up and we'll, uh, we'll help us out. And even if you're not in the area, uh, we do, you know, We have people send us stuff from all over the country to fix for them um, because a lot of people don't have something like us in in their vicinity. So uh, we get mail from all over the place for people uh, that need their systems fixed or modded, um, and we, you know, do it at a fair price and we'll ship it back to you, packed up well, and then you just uh, you can pay us over the phone and nice and easy for you.
1: Yeah, and the emphasis is pay. (laughs)
2: pay first you bums i mean (laughs) nothing in this world is free john
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know that's and we better say too all right so if we bring in our uh gamecube and you guys fix the gamecube i'm thinking as i walk out the store that that's not it somehow some way there's kind of like maybe a five hour warranty or something on that
2: Oh, everything we repair has a 30-day warranty, uh, no matter what. So we do fully test everything, obviously, before uh, we do not take any money up front. So we, we do not take any money from you until we know for sure that it is fixed and tested and working. Uh, but beyond that, obviously, we can only test it so much. You are the end user, so we do offer a 30-day warranty on everything that we do. And if you have any problems at all, we will definitely take care of you, 100%. All right,
1: your hours
2: are... Monday through Friday, ten to seven. Saturday and Sunday, ten to six.
1: Honest to God, seven days a week, nothing but retro gaming goodness there at, at Reboot. I mean, that's Roseville, isn't it? It's considered East Point. East Point. Wow. So you guys are upscale. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're bougie, we're boozy bougie in here, John, for sure. <laughs> guys jacob ryan and chubbs wherever you may be today right now thanks guys they gotta come back with us we we gotta make it happen all right
2: thanks fellas we'll definitely do it again but i got some more i got a good uh link story for you
1: for next time (laughs) we can't wait thanks guys (laughs) thank you talk to you soon bye now bye bye all right there you go that's the fine friends from Reboot uh Repair South. I'm telling you, they are as much as you just heard them, that's how they are in the store. And obviously they're they're really into it. Into what they do. And there's we could probably have talked for more than a couple of hours and it's um it, they're, they're just a blast to talk to because it's kind of like when you talk to folks who know um, 8-bit or 16-bit or we should say classic gaming. It's like talking shorthand. Sometimes when you talk to, you know, your relatives or, or friends at work or whatever, you have to explain to them what a ColecoVision is. You have to explain to them what, you know, if anybody that knows anything about a metal television the first one. All you have to do is go up to them and go, You're out! And they'll know exactly what you're talking about, and they'll know exactly what game you're talking about. You know, everybody else is like, What the hell are you talking about? Well, that was one of the first things that uh, Mattel brought out, because the Intellivision was going up against the 2600, it was going up against the Odyssey 2, I believe, at the time. And uh, it had like this, quote-unquote, speech module. I mean, not the add-on that they had for the uh, Intellivision 2, but... Um, th- this thing actually made noises. So when you made an out, and I'm making the finger quotes here, and the, in the baseball game, the supposed umpire would say you're out. But because it was so uh, new in the infancy of all this stuff, you know that the best they could do with the voice chip or whatever chip, they sound chip that they used at the time, made like this gravelly noise, and somehow, some way, the engineers made this. Yah! And it was supposed to say, you're out. And everybody else had understood that was like, oh, do you hear that? Man, this thing is like, it's space-aged. And that's all the things with with councils. And that's what thrills us about all these things. There was such a leap in technology, and it was such a wild west. We can easily equivocate um, the council wars, especially the 2600, the Colecos, the original, and uh, televisions. Because there was, you know, a group before that... Um, I shouldn't say the St. Clair's, but the RCA's and the uh, like, the uh, Magnavox uh, four thousand, three thousand. I think we got a two thousand here. I mean, the Pong explosion for home, and then came the heavy hitters. So that was kind of like the cars, the hot rods of the fifties, and then the muscle car era came out when you had um, the true Nintendo. The uh, Sega Master, the Sega Master <laughs> System, and then we just started playing Upsmanship from there. I mean, from the uh, Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo, and then Genesis, and then. <sighs> Nintendo went on their own little rampage, and they did the the 64 because you always had to have more power more power. And then you got to the GameCube. And then on the other side, you, you know, Saturn was supposed to blow. I mean, you went to the Genesis and the 32X and then the add-on, the CD add-on to it. And there was a couple different versions of the Genesis, the one that had like a little sliding control, sound control to it. And it was just that was the horsepower that was the golden era and everybody and their brother i we should probably put in the atari 5200 7800s at the time you know they really rocked and so these guys are the keeper of the flame you know i mean there, there's other shops around and and sometimes they do an okay job and there's there's some shops that legally speaking do a fine job you know but you like going into a place like reboot we do because it's kind of like going into cheers about this you know I mean there is they're just gamers themselves and and it's kind of cool that they can see it on both sides how to fix things you know and how to help you get the games and the fluid and everything else that it all works I mean the fluid meeting the the games the, the fuel so much for that right <laughs> should we yeah okay. Uh, this is pretty epic, What a better time to <laughs> those guys with Elton John and Pinball Wizard here on the only station that gives a damn about the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s and the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth, and that's drag racing. Welcome to CKIW <laughs> Radio 76.